and one of the other things that you taught back then was that people people buy like we all sell the way we buy and and if if we do that then we're only selling to people like us so so there's there's a and it wasn't your words then but it's a, a application of it that came afterwards which was an intention of what you were saying that flexibility of behavior is really the hallmark of leadership you know it's not okay for a leader to walk in a room and say it's not my style to talk like this that's not okay we need to be flexible and bend to the situation so that we can lift our team to do the same thing. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Leaders. I am so excited to have you join us in our second year of podcasts on the Leaders of Tomorrow. And even more excited that not only is it our second year, but we have one of our really, really most amazing alumni. We have so many amazing alumni as part of the Student Works Management Program, but this one is, is particularly special. Govin Yayaraman, um, a uh, uh, portfolio entrepreneur. Um, he has, uh, I think it's up, it's hundreds of, of, of people who work with his organization, um, and, and provides jobs for, you know, literally it's, it's, it's hundreds of people. Um, he's going to talk about his latest business that is just transformational in the medical space. Um, he is just so wise, just I just love uh, every conversation we get to have. Whenever I get up to Ottawa, I like to, you know, squeeze in a lunch, squeeze in a dinner uh, to, to, you know, kind of sit beside the fire and, and sit beside um, this really, really amazingly wise, incredible entrepreneur, incredible man. And uh, I know you're going to love this podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, please, you know, listen, listen to all of it. Uh, you will not be disappointed. So thanks so much, leaders. And uh, um, yeah, thanks so much. So Govin, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Excited to be here, Chris. It's fun. All uh, right. we, had a, we had a fun conversation before. I'm looking forward to having another one now. Yeah, for our listeners and our leaders, uh, um, we, uh, or we, I lost our recording. I deleted our recording. Uh, so what's the lesson there? Uh, the lesson there is, you know, we work better in teams. You know, I guess I uh, was overloading my computer with too much information. And then I thought I'd put Govin and actually a couple other recordings onto the Google Drive. It wasn't there. And so, um, you know, again, it's, I've got amazing people in my life who really, really look out for Chris. Like literally it's all, what, you, know, it, do, you know, do we have everything? Is everything there? And it's a really great thing. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that, that's interesting about it is, you know, so when we recorded this, it was also new, right? The podcast yes. is relatively new. Yes. And and you wanted to hold on to this one for a bit. So it would have been not shuffled into the normal place. And, and I think this is really important when we think about it. When we have really great people in our lives and we have really great people around us. It's important to scrimmage and practice 
the handoffs and the systems yes. that we use to be able to work with each other so that we can pick up on the exceptions. So we can pick up on the things that are not going the way that we want them to go. Yeah. And, and by we, I mean the collective we, not the leader we. Yes. I mean the team we. No. And, and nobody goes into a team to, to derail it. Nobody yes. goes into a team to, to, to take it off the rails and be the reason why something didn't work out. No. So, you know, on, on the proviso that you're adding someone to the team because you want to win with them and they join the team because they want to win with you. Yes. Then it's just important to practice what that looks like. And, yeah. and you practice it in, in little tiny touches on a frequent basis. And, yeah. and that takes a lot of discipline to do. So, yeah. um, so yeah. I, it's an important piece. Well, it, it is. And, and, and again, it's, it's, you know, the other thing that's important is to recognize, you know, we don't have it all. That's not what leadership looks like. You know, oh, wow. You know, I'm good at uh, about three things and really good at it. And so, but, uh, you know, we're not so good at other things. So we build teams and it's also not an excuse, Govin. So, so the excuse is that it's not, oh, I'm no good at this. No, no, no. I'm continuing to work on my structures, my systems, my processes to make sure I'm, I'm as reliable as possible, right? You know, I've got, you know, in, in, in the old days, I would have been, uh, sorry, I was not diagnosed, but I'm sure I have attention deficit disorder. And, um, and that would, that's quote unquote, if I was younger, that might've been described as a problem. But in fact, it's a gift. You know, everything we have is a gift and it just means we're better suited for some things. And again, no excuses. Where can I, where can I focus? How can I make sure that I'm more reliable? And how can you use the assets that come with that? So, so you know, there's a great quote that gets often misused mm-hmm. by Steve Jobs. And it's a story that Steve Jobs tells to his incoming senior executives. So, so one, when someone was going to be promoted into senior executive leadership at Apple, they would inevitably hear the story and the story became part of the lore. And what Steve would say is, uh, let me tell you the story about the janitor. And you've probably heard this story. So the story about the janitor is uh, he had a big client meeting in his in his office one one day, and he got into the office and he noticed that his office was still messy. There was there was you know the normal garbage wasn't collected and other stuff was left out, and so he tracked down the janitor, and and he asked the janitor what happened in my office this morning. I had to tidy it up because I had some people coming in. What happened? How come you didn't do what you normally do? And the janitor said, oh, Mr. Jobs, I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I came to the door. Your door was locked. I went to security. Security couldn't help me. I went to this other place and nobody could help me there either. And, and so I wasn't able to get into your office. And I'm very sorry. about that. And those are good excuses. Those are good yeah. reasons yes. why it didn't happen. He had no ability to do more than that other than break down his door, which would have been more problematic. Yes. So uh, he, on the other hand, Steve had the client meeting. He showed up early to make sure his office was in order because it would have been unacceptable and probably challenging for the organization if people came into his office and it was a disorderly, right? Yes. And, and jobs would have been at risk, right? If they don't right. sign this contract, if they don't keep yeah. his client, maybe there would be some downstream effect. So he tells this story as a matter of excuses, saying somewhere between the janitor and the leader and the CEO, there are no excuses. Yeah, somewhere in that gap, excuses start to disappear. But but I think there's a more important part of that, and and part of that is responsibility and accountability. Right. Steve Steve was accountable. Yes, he was for his yes. office. Yes. 
though someone was supposed to be in there, he was also accountable for the systems, tools, and structure that ensured that as the key got changed on his office door, everyone who needed it needed to get a copy. Yeah. So the question isn't why didn't you, you know, the, the question evolves from the excuse to how do we de-risk that situation so it never happens again? We've learned once. We don't need to learn the same lesson 18 times. 100%. And what's what's great is there, you know, to another another thing that I see there in that story is you noticed leaders, Steve was early for the meeting. You notice he was accountable. He was responsible. He was coming here. Is everything set so that that meeting goes off without a hitch, even if the, somebody doesn't do their role? Right. So and it's really blaming, really complaining, yeah, or defending. Yeah, yes. There's no, oh, I, I, it was not my fault. Yes. Uh, it's no uh, the janitor's fault. It's no, oh my gosh, you know, the traffic was bad and I couldn't get in. It's he was there. It was important. And he respected that. And that's yeah. something you teach mm-hmm. throughout the program. The program that you that you do with your leaders and your leaders to be, yes, uh, it really focuses on showing up with intention. What is yes. your intention? What does that look like? And and matching your actions with that intention is really the leader's job. Yeah. And so so actually, as you were talking, one of the things that popped up is A B C D. So yeah. can you share how you use A B C D in your life and in your business, etc. Yeah, so it's, it's it's about getting past the normal jargon that comes around the uh, ooh, uh, something went wrong, right? Mm-hmm. No assuming. So don't assume why it happened. Understand. And as a leader, it's really important to cut past my perspective because I don't see the world the way everybody around me does. And that's yes. a great asset, right? Yes. I mean, I see opportunity when other people don't, but I also see problems, right? I, I see other things that may be my lens and that's wrong. Yeah. So no assuming. Understand what happens. Listen first. No blaming. So the, in, in the ultimate responsibility and accountability act, we have rules within the organization that you no assuming, no blaming, no blaming anybody for what went wrong. That's irrelevant. Yes. If something went wrong, it went wrong. Yes. It's not anybody's fault. So it's, it's, it's the same principles operate within the aviation industry. When a plane goes down, no one's blaming anybody. Everybody's trying to understand what systems failed to create that situation, right? Exactly. So no complaining, no complaining that, oh my gosh, this person always, this person never, that group, blah, blah, blah. No complaining about the situation. Again, that doesn't change the outcome. The outcome was not what you wanted. What can you change? Complaining isn't going to be one of them. Right. And no defending. No, oh, it wasn't my fault. It was yes. nothing I could do. Yeah. Um, so, so the idea in this construct, and there's very four simple letters, it puts you as a leader in the frame of mind to really understand what happened and, and not who happened, but yes. what happened yeah. so that you can actually lead people through a solution, a system, a structure that supports better execution. And really, that's the task of the leader. The task of the leader is to promote execution. Yeah. And, you know, um, we as humans get stuck on right and wrong. Me as a human gets stuck on right and wrong. So, we all do. so, we so all do. yeah. So it's so it's like if we can just continue to go, okay, don't blame, don't blame Govin, don't blame yourself. You know, just okay, let's just get on to what happened. How can we prove it? How can we be more reliable as a business and as people? And and this is a relationship thing. I mean, human yeah. organizations are all about relationships. Mm-hmm. And and 
you and I have both been married and we know that in that relationship, you're not going to get very far trying to be right all the time. Like, it's just not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no relation, no, no, no intimate relationship. And in a working relationship where a team comes together to accomplish something, anything, whether it's painting a house or creating an organization that, you know, changes the world in some way or, or, or a corner store, anything, no organization, no group of people coming together to do anything without relationships. And in those relationships, you need to show trust. You need to show care. And if you don't show those traits, if you don't show those things, if you don't show the willingness to be able to not be right and understand first, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so one of the things I wanted to sort of um, go back to is, is, is obviously we go back a long way and it's such a, such a gift that, that, that we met and we have the relationship that we do. And, um, you know, for our leaders, Govin was, uh, was, Early on in our, our relationship, uh, late late 80s, uh, early 90s, he worked he worked in our program for a couple of years, and just just um, he showed up as an amazing leader right off the bat. And 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 why don't you share just just some things that you took away from the program? Some um, and and uh, yeah, why don't we just why don't we go from there? Start. From well, there. you know, I'll, I'll I'll say first of all, I I uh, I was aggressive and arrogant. And that, that you get away with a lot as a kid, right? I mean, uh, being aggressive and arrogant, uh, people who have been there and, and done that uh, smile and, and <laughs> oh, isn't that, isn't that nice? He's, you know, he's, he's a whippersnapper. He's going to go get him. It's a whippersnapper, right? so, yeah. So I, I think I was a whippersnapper. And that's an affectionate way for saying pain in the butt. Um, so, uh, but I was persistent with everything I did. And, and so I was, uh, what did I get out of the program? I joined. At the time, it was Student Painters, but now Student Works. I, I joined the program because I wanted a blueprint for what an entrepreneur was going to be, what an entrepreneur was. I, I was smart in, in one thing. And I, the one thing that I was smart in is I, I knew that I didn't need to reinvent the wheel. There was a wheel, perfectly good wheel, where people were organizing themselves into companies and creating innovation, doing things in the world. And there are probably some tricks to the trade there. Right. And I wanted to learn those tricks of the trade before going off on my own. Right. So I was thrilled um, to show up, I think, in, a, in, in, the, in the ground floor of a Ramada hotel somewhere. <laughs> on, on in the, Toronto. In, That's where yeah, we did it. In the east of Toronto. I think the hotel's still there. It is. And, they and, rebranded it. <laughs> but, but, but then there was this like U-shaped, it was the first time I was ever at a U-shaped table uh, meeting the other operate, would-be operators in Ottawa at the time. And, and, and Chris was there uh, training and, and I got everything I wanted. I, I got the manual. And, you know, it's funny. Um, what was it? About a month ago, you asked me if I still had my manuals and you're sitting beside me. Yes. So, so you know, so I got the manual. I got the blueprint for how to start a small business. And, and um, I was persistent about applying some of those things. And there, there are principles that I was lucky enough uh, to be open-minded enough and curious enough to hear in that, in that environment that, that I've been able to continue to apply since. And, you know, the idea that price is not a differentiator, but quality is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, selling quality, not a price. That's talking off is so, something I still keep in my mind all the time. Yeah. And one of the other things that you taught back then was that people 
people buy, like we all buy consume products the way, um, the way, sorry, we all sell the way we buy. Right. And, and if, if we do that, then we're only selling to people like us. Yes. Yeah. So, so there's, there's a, and it wasn't your words then, but it's an application of it that came afterwards, which was an intention of what you were saying that flexibility of behavior is really the hallmark of leadership. You know, it's not okay for a leader to walk in a room and say, it's not my style to yes. talk like this. No, that's not okay. Yeah. We need to be flexible and bend to the situation Yeah, so that we can lift our team to do the same thing. No, it's so, it's so true. And, and one of the, one of the stories I'd love if you'd share this morning, because, because um, as always, uh, and, and I, I get what you're saying, you know, you're very humble in your reflections and uh, inaccurate at the same time. So, so, you know, yeah, you're a whippersnipper and yes, you were open. But one of the things I always love about you, Govin, is you're, you really are an amazing fact finder. You're really always out looking for, you know, what's next or, or you know, um, and could you tell the, the Campo story? It always just, just amazed yeah. me, like, you know, just like, wow. Yeah. So, so uh, look, if, if you have, if you're listening and you have more hair than Chris and I, um, <laughs> then you might not know the name Robert Campo. So Rob, Robert Campo is one of the two great, uh, at the time, entrepreneurs that came out of Sudbury, um, him and Paul Demeray. So Paul Demeray, Power Corporation, everybody knows Power Corporation, but Campo Corporation is no more. And, it, and it's an interesting story of why it's no more. Campo, if you live in Ottawa, Campo really shaped at the time real estate development in Ottawa through the 60s, late 60s and 70s. He built, you know, uh, Blackburn Hamlet was his invention. Um, prefabricating windows and walls and trusses was his invention. Like he innovated at a pace that was unbelievable in construction. And that wasn't good enough for him. So he started to do more and bigger things, commercial construction, commercial real estate development. Um, Famously built, there, there was there was a, always an artificial ceiling in Ottawa for how high, high a building could be. Okay. He had two sets of plans for Plasteville, and the set one set of plans broke the rule. The other set of plans was approved. He built to the plan that broke the rule and and was above the threshold. He was just a, he was a renegade all the time. Right? <laughs> Great story about how he was trying to get something approved. Charlotte Whitten at the was the mayor of the time of the city of Ottawa, and and he would drive to City Hall every single morning, park in Charlotte Witten's parking lot, parking spot, get his car towed, get it out of Hawk that day and park it there the next morning, every <laughs> single day. <laughs> he just had such an adversarial relationship. Anyway, so, it just, he, so just think of the character of this person. You know, when we, in Ottawa in the late 80s, he was a rock star, but then he became a bigger rock star. Yeah. Oppo Corporation bought Bloomingdale's. And, and that was a reverse takeover. Uh, was, he used junk bonds to do it, high interest bonds, uh, obviously a very risky instrument. And some say he was responsible, junk bonds were responsible for the recession that occurred in the mid 80s. Um, anyway, I, I still thought that he was a remarkable entrepreneur for what he, he was. Did. Yeah. And, and uh, if we were all measured by our failures, uh, we wouldn't measure up very much. So, but I thought he was a remarkable entrepreneur. Uh, he had a beautiful house. Uh, the house is still magnificent. The French Chateau on Bridal Path in Toronto. And, and so I had still in his, in his heyday, 
Um, I had, sorry, the, the recession was in the 90s. In his heyday, I, I still tried to reach out to him very often. And he had just right. been res- uh, appointed to a board. And I want to say it was the Hollinger board, um, Hollinger yeah. International. So, right. I, so I believe that he was appointed to the board, Hollinger International. And, and, um, and, and I was looking for any excuse to meet the man. So uh, I thought, this is my chance. I'm going to write a congratulation note. So I was 16, 17, 18. I don't know how old. I was a young guy. I wrote a congrat- letter of congratulation. No, so it was during certain work. So I must have been 18 or 19. So I wrote a, a, a letter of congratulations and I said something corny like, I love your tie. Can you tell me where I can get one? Right. I'm just trying to yes, connect get connected. Yeah. And uh, I, much to my surprise, I got a handwritten note, well, an autograph picture from him and a handwritten note that said, uh, call my assistant, make an appointment. And, and so in my paint mobile, so imagine uh, you know, a 1980s Mazda GLC with, with uh, paint decals on the side. And, and the logo was a beaver, right? Back then, the student painter's yes. beaver overalls. So the student painter's beaver on overalls on the side, ladders on top. And, and I drive up to the bridle path. I, I, obviously, no ladders. I'm drawing no. I'm painting. But, but the paint mobile is there. And, uh, and, I, and I show up to this, you know, Five million, eight million, ten million dollar house now, in the nineties. Now twenty million, thirty million, forty million. Yes, yeah, yeah. some yeah. palace, uh, biggest house I've ever seen in my life. And and yeah. and I and I knock on the door. His assistant answers, and and I meet and go for lunch. And of all places, a food court with Robert Campo. Yeah, um, and we stayed in touch a little bit after that. So neat, so neat. And it just to me, I I wanted I wanted our leaders to hear that is is that anything's possible, you know, anything's possible. It's like, you know, these people aren't, you know, aren't reachable or, or you, you, you know, you can't reach, of course you can, you know, and, and, and again, not always. Uh, and, and it's just so, so awesome, you know? Um, and especially in this connected world, right? Yeah. I mean, in this super connected world that we live in today, mm-hmm. it is possible. It is certainly not impossible. It is yeah. possible yeah. to connect with virtually anybody. Yeah. And, 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 and here's the thing. I mean, person says, no, your life goes on unchanged. Nothing yes. happened. Exactly. Right? It was no big deal. Mm-hmm. But if the person says, interesting, then all the better for you. And yes. maybe all the better for them. Maybe, yes. maybe they're going to get something out of it too. I'm sure and he I, enjoyed really this think It's really powerful for, for, for people to understand that don't make an ask that's purely one-sided. I think that one of the reasons why I was successful in meeting him and then meeting some of the other amazing leaders I've met along the way is that I always was interested in them. Yes. Truly interested. And yes. I exhibited that interest uh, with the genuineness of my message, with the sincerity of the, 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 the questions that I was asking. It wasn't just, would you like to meet for a cup of coffee? Yeah. That's a take. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing that I think a lot of people feel um, offended by, right? right? That when people don't take them up on this, cup, look, no one's hurting for a cup of coffee. Yes. Everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody that you want to meet with can just do fine on their cup of coffee. Their yeah. most valuable asset is time. Yeah. Second most valuable asset is uh, focus because you waste time if you don't have focus. So, so w- with that in mind, if you are focused on them, and truly want to meet them, find out what's important to them and offer 
some connection around that. And if you can't figure that out, then don't reach out. Right. But work to figure that piece. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And one of the things I wanted to note today on our podcast is we are, uh, this is, this is our first, I guess our second year, we're starting our second year. And I want, and again, another shout out to Govin. Govin um, did for a number of years run an incredibly successful podcast. Um, and I was a listener and uh, like I became a listener for a lot of podcasts and, and as a content creator, uh, Govin's written books, Govin's, uh, you know, uh, created content, it excited me with the idea of this. And so I remember reaching out to Govin in advance uh, of, of doing the pod and, uh, and, and again, got lots of encouragement. And uh, so, so thanks for that, Govin. It's been an exciting first year and I know there'll be many, many more. Yeah, I'm excited for you. And, and you know, the, the Paper Napkin Wisdom podcast was a lot of fun to do. Um, did it for three years. I, uh, I'm so grateful for the journey that it was. And, and again, you know, time and focus, my focus needed to shift to my current organization and my family. And, and in doing that, it meant that some things have to go, you know, every great, yes, everything that you're committing to requires by its definition for you to say no to other things Yes, and defend that. Yes. Defend. So, so uh, a great saying by Jay Papasan that we got through Paper Napkin Wisdom was every great yes is defended by a thousand no's. And, and the caliber of your yes, the caliber and the quality of the things that you're saying yes to can be measured inversely correlated to the number of no's right. that you have to give out as a consequence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you can really... And, and really measure that, you know, the, the, those are the most successful, say, the, say no the most often. And it's not, no, I don't like you. It's no, yeah. I'm protecting my focus. That is so powerful. And, and again, I, you know, um, that's been an error that I've made, uh, you know, many times about being as laser, laser focused. And, and, and if I look at the success of our organization, you know, over the last decade or so growing three times and just, and even more, just doing it so much better higher retention, higher averages, raving fans. It was just, just better and better and better. It's been about focus. There's nothing else that's, that, you know, I do besides family health in this business. It's like, it's this and the things that support this business. Um, and uh, that's a full plate, right? And so every time you say yes to something else, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's an impact. Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So. 
I would love, because because I know what you're really up to is is really making a huge, huge difference. And I would love if you would share with our young leaders, like what you're up to, what you what you see the vision um, uh, of your of your organization is, and uh, why it's so important. Yeah. So my uh, my current company is called Imba Medical, um, and Imba Medical is a company that has developed a you know a series of platforms that are used or targeted to healthcare organizations. And the idea really is to triple the efficiency of the standard medical practice uh, measured in time and revenue and outcomes. So that's a pretty big BHAG, big, hairy, <laughs> audacious goal. Yeah. Uh, but, the, but the reality is, as we age, as populations age, uh, we need to redistribute resources in a way that makes healthcare more sustainable so that it's there for our children or our grandchildren. Um, what we've done is develop a suite of, of, of tools, for lack of a better word, that help healthcare organizations uh, implement and measure the implementation of quality performance, which is a big term, but it means wellness programs for participants, for, for patients. It means healthcare uh, care coordination. So if you've got a, a complicated illness and you have to see a number of different care providers over a period of time, it's very time sensitive. It helps to coordinate that, but also the implementation of, of policy improvements and efficiencies right. within the organization. So three very big things that it can help to move the needle on. And we, while we do that at scale and, and support that for hundreds of people, we are able to adjust the, uh, the support that each individual within the program gets around precision, personalization, and ultimately with predictiveness. So it's it's a really cool technology. And, and you know, my my hope, my feeling is that one day we can help uh, millions of people actually live better lives and be healthier uh, using the platform. And in our early stage wins are we're working in diabetes prevention. So diabetes, type two diabetes is preventable if caught at an early enough stage. And there's a there are programs both in Canada and the United States, but primarily in the United States and Europe around prevention of diabetes. And what we are doing is implementing those, what we call evidence-based, uh, evidence-based methodologies using our platform at scale right. to be able to support engagement in those areas. And, and so far the returns, I mean, the results are overwhelming. I mean, it, it's incredible. Uh, one use case was so powerful and so successful that that hospital is now implementing us in a broader range for quality improvement, but also now in oncology. So it's just growing and growing. That's so exciting. That's so exciting. And, and I remember, um, you know, one of the things, uh, one, one more thing that I want to say, before please. I go too much further. It's really important for the leaders because it's leaders tomorrow. Uh, I'm not a programmer. I, I'm not a doctor. Mm. I'm not anything. And, and, uh, I, I want people to understand that, that, Curiosity and persistence trumps all of those things, right? And and it's really important to understand that. I, I don't. I did. I'm not educated in program. Not educated right. in healthcare, uh, but I've educated myself to yes. understand what to do. Right. Yeah. And and one of the one of the really cool things because this has been this has been a real process. Right, like how how many years have been, we been we've been at this? Uh, and, and I'm somehow joining your team, my friend. Yeah, you're, 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 you've always been part of the team um, since since you dragged me to that Ramada. Uh, 
let me see. I, I want to say that we've been doing this for five years, four or five years now. So, so I want the leaders to get really like um, just the incredible investment of time, energy, spirit, and yes, resources, you know, that this has been, you know, and, and um, because it's just, this is just starting to, you know, really hit the revenue side, right? Like this is just yeah. starting. Yeah, no, you know, I mean, just this, just in the last couple of quarters. Um, yeah. So it, it took us four and a bit years to, to actually earn any kind of revenue from this. Like that is just, you know, so massive. And, and, and I know, and I know you, you, obviously you can't, you, you can't have done that without, uh, or I shouldn't say, I guess maybe it's possible to have financed it, I guess, but, but, you know, a huge part of that is being able to build on the success of, of past successes, right. To be able to have the confidence or am I wrong? No, I think, I think you're, you're right. Um, and, and I think uh, there's a big part of it that's just, I'm not going to quit. You know, you believe in something and, and, you know, look, go back and look, go back with hindsight and say, had you known how hard the lift was going to be <laughs> at the bottom yeah. of some of those mountains, yeah, would you have taken it at the steps? And, and I'm, I'm going to say, Chris, I, I, I know you, I've known you through all those things. And the answer is yeah. no. Yeah. No, if, yeah. if you really knew if someone at the bottom of that hill and the first step at the bottom of that staircase said, Oh, it's going to be a thousand stories. I, I would have said, no there's way. no way. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, but, but what I thought it was going to be was, you know, 20 stories, 50 stories. Yeah. And I got up those 20 stories and went, oh, look, there's another flight. I, I, I could do that one too. And then I could do that one too. And then I could do that one too. And, and anybody who runs marathons, anybody who does any kind of endurance athletics will tell you, nobody runs a marathon. Everybody runs the next mile or the next K yeah. or the next step. Yeah. I, so I, I think the thing that people forget, and it's the most important thing, is faith. It's really important to have a strong degree of faith because faith is taking the next step, not knowing what's going to come next and having the, the resolve, the commitment in your heart that you know that you have what it takes to see you through. And maybe you don't know. But you believe. surround yourself by people that that believe in you too for those times when you don't always. Yeah. And you and you just resolve not to quit. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and you know, and it's and it's one of those things where as well, it's 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 the cause that you're fighting for is really worth it. Right. And and I and and there's been, you know, incredible, you know, like, you know, again, call it pain. But 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 you know, uh that's the first order consequence. The second order of consequence is 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 the win is the oh wow i got out of the gym and now i got this feeling or 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 wow we we had that that setback in the business um i remember you telling me a story about the thousands of clients that you spoke to i, I can't remember wh whether this was to your son or a story or telling to, to a potential um you know investor or 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 healthcare provider could you share that with our yeah yeah our leaders? Son. yeah son. so so uh yeah i, I It'd be unsurprising to anybody, leaders of tomorrow, that that I motivate myself with personal goals, right? So there's personal goals, and and uh, I have goals for various things, and so there's a personal goal that I have, and my son is on me. My eldest son, who's 13 years old, is on me all the time, 
Where are you on you? When are we gonna when are we gonna get the outcome? When are we because it's 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 our outcome, it's a family outcome, but it's yeah. <laughs> um so so uh, you know we were talking about about uh about that and and one of the things came up that because it was around I think hockey tryout seasons and he didn't get what he wanted um in some respect. Right. And 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 I and I said, well, you know, do, do you know how many customers we have? with the company. And he said, no, I mean, I think you have hundreds. I said, no, we, we have a very small number right now. We have the time it was under 10. Right. Um, and, and he said, do you know how many calls it took your father, it took daddy to, to get those 10 clients? And he goes, no, I have no idea. Four or 5,000. There are four or 5,000 names in our CRM. And, and, he, and he, he went, you called 4,000 people to get 10 customers. I said, yes. And do you think that more of those people will come around afterwards? And I said, yeah, absolutely. But it took what it took. And you just keep on knocking on the doors. So, so people underestimate just how hard that is. Absolutely. Right? It's just really yes. hard. It's, it's really, really hard. hard. It's really hard. <laughs> uh, it's really hard to, to, to do that and stay that focused across that many rejections. Yeah. But the reality is every single time I had a conversation, I was able to iterate. I was not reading from the same script. The right. conversation I had at number one and the conversation I had at 1,000, the conversation I had at 4,000 are remarkably different. Yeah. And the ability for me to be able to articulate in a sentence what our value proposition is came out of those conversations. I am the wealthier for those conversations. Yes. And I, have, I have data on my client and my market that no one has in my industry. Right. Why? Because I spoke to 4,000 people, <laughs> right? Not anybody else can say that. I had one-on-one -on -one conversations. So what does that put me in the position of doing? Well, that puts me in the position that no matter where I'm talking, no matter where I'm going, no matter what I'm having a conversation about, I can recall a conversation somewhere else, something else happened somewhere else in another conversation. So I could actually start to put these pieces together. And if you're smart enough, and I'm not smart enough. I had to be taught this skill to take notes and put them in a CRM. You can yes. search the CRM. Yes. And you, can, you don't have to remember all this stuff. You can yeah. know that you took good notes and they're available to you should you wish to rely upon them. Yeah. And then you become the connector for your clients or prospective clients, right? You be, hey, you know, you're doing this thing. I, I, I remember having a conversation with somebody. Let me look it up. You put these two people together and boom, something magical happens. And, and that's how you build relationships. You're of value. Yes. People are willing to give you value, dollars and cents, if you are of value. Right. Right. So are you prepared to do the right thing for people, even if it's not you? The answer is got to be yes. Yes. And it starts with curiosity and, and, it, and it's a follow through with persistence. So, yeah, thousands of calls, 10 customers. And, and now um, one, of our, one of our customers is, is two years in. Two years in before they're coming with this added value proposition. Right. So we're meeting with them every single week. Every single week, they're moving the needle forward. Every single week, we're moving forward. And, and, and they're, they're one organization within a huge system. And the deal was, if we get this right with you two and a half years ago when we started working together, well, we get this right with you, we're going to take you to the big thing. Yeah. The carrot's been out in front of our nose. Right. As we've had. Conversation after conversation, 100 conversations. We meet with them every week for a huddle. 
So we've had more than 100 conversations with one client, 100 conversations with one client. Last week, they said, we're ready to take you forward. So, I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Again, if someone said that it was going to take 100 conversations, I probably said no. <laughs> no way. No this is crazy. This what is are you nuts. doing? That's not fair. That's not fair. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's right. It's not fair. Life not isn't fair. fair. Life isn't fair. fair. We so get that. We so get that. And and so for for our leaders, you know, um, you know, when, you know, again, for people who are part of the student works management program, for people doing other things, it's going to take all of you, you know, to to keep doing the things that Govin's done, that, that we've done here to get the success we have. And, and then wake up that next morning, put your big boy pants on, big girl pants on and go, let's go, let's and go. Everybody's going to tell you you're crazy. Right? Yeah. I mean, yes. every, there's an easier way, right? And they're yeah. right. They are absolutely right. This there is, are yeah. easier ways, um, but uncommon focus leads to uncommon results. If you want uncommon results then suck it up, buttercup, you got to put in the focus. You got to stay persistent. No, that and that's so true as well. Is is that is that we are not about easy. We are not about easy. We've never been about easy. That that doesn't motivate us. That doesn't get us excited. That doesn't get you up in the morning to go create great things. You know, and and you're not going to create a, a business that saves millions of lives. You're not going to create a business that that creates a thousand millionaires with easy. That's just yeah. not, those two things don't line up and then you get to choose because you, you're, you know, most of the people in this podcast are Canadians, very fortunate. They can pretty do well, do pretty kind of easy and still have a good life. Yeah. We, you know, the, the, the other side of it is it's not a freaking straight line. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, Oh, I had one and uh, now I'm going to have two. Uh, it's not the way it works. Yeah. It, it's not a straight line. Success is a meandering path. It's a journey not a destination. It's not one that you can predict. And all you can do is predict that you're going to show up. Mm -hmm. All of you is going to show up right in that moment, you know, and you're going to persist in that moment and, and, and meander with the path that, that as the path goes, you're going to iterate to what's there. Right. And, and understand that there are ups and downs. And then at some point you need to de-risk the core part of your life so that you can truly live um and 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 innovate in this other area and that's tough and that's and that's, that's it requires a shift in mindset as you go but but truly people need to understand that you know uncommon focus leads uncommon results and that path is is not one that all your friends and family are going to understand all the time <laughs> uh, i remember and you've got so many stories like this um but but when i had hair yeah uh, i i remember I'm painting my hair like I, I, for two years of my life. I didn't go out at night with my friends without painting my hair. Right. Yeah. You know, there was, there was always painting my hair and it was a joke. Um, I remember one time coming home from, so, so people who live in Ottawa or know Ottawa, I was, my territory was Orleans and I was driving on old, on, on the, on Innis road. And, and I lived in Alta Vista. So anybody who knows Ottawa knows it's a 15 minute drive. Especially at eleven o'clock at night, right? Which is what I was doing this drive. Eleven o'clock at night, driving along the road, and and I'm on in this road right where there's those traffic lights in the middle of Blackburn Hamlet. There's no one. I mean, there's just nothing but fields around. And and I was so tired, I was so exhausted that I couldn't make it home. I couldn't make it the other seven minutes home. So I pulled over. 
and stopped on the side of the road, right by the traffic light, thinking that was probably the safest place where people could see me. Right. And, and, uh, to rap at the window was a police officer who woke me up and was worried about, you know, like, why was, yeah. why was I passed? What, first of all, young guy I passed out. Thinking drunk. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For thinking sure. I was drunk. And I opened the window and it waft of paint, you know, <laughs> paint and chemicals. <laughs> out the window. And, 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 you know, and that wasn't the first time I did that. Yeah. When I get home at night, um, you know, around one or two, uh, I got home and my, my, my parents were asking, like, what are you doing here? This is crazy. I said, well, if I didn't do this, my crew wouldn't have work tomorrow. Mm. You know, somebody canceled on me. I had to find another job. Right. And, and I found one. Yeah. And, and so I was feeling like a winner. Like I won. Yeah. Like I really did something great because I took care of my people. Yeah. And uh, everybody else around me is thinking I'm crazy. And I think that's just the part of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, and, and that's, and that's as well why, you know, one of the things, you know, the, the, you know, you are the average of the five people you spend your most time with. And that's why to a certain extent, one thing that's great is when you're on a mission, like you're on, I know you've got people who fill you up, who like, I get you Govin, you know, I see you for who you are and what you're trying to do. And that's so, so critical. And they can be your teammates. Like I think a lot of people misunderstand that um, sentence to mean that, oh, you need to sit around and, and, and only hang out with, uh, other leaders or other entrepreneurs and, and everybody else is somehow inferior. No, no, no. Uh, and I think, I think that's a really, it's a, it's a really great sentence. Um, but it's, or, or, you know, you are the average of the five people. It's a really great thought, but the problem with it is people misunderstand it to exclude people. Right. No, it'd be more inclusive. And, and, and we need to really remember that the people who are helping us lift this load up that hill are, are some of the most important people in our lives. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're, and special yeah. because they see in us things that we, um, that we don't see. Or they wouldn't be on your team. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah like they, they, they get it, right? They're, they're fighting a good fight with you. So, yeah. um, so this is why it's dangerous also to fake it until you make it. I mean, don't fake it be who you are yeah. because they can help you if you are real. Otherwise they think they're helping this other guy or gal and that, that person doesn't exist. Right. And, and, and also as well, it's the fake it till you make it. It's, it's not owning your mistakes. It's hiding your, your mistakes rather than here on this big bumble. Yeah, faking, lighting, and hiding. Yeah. Of, of really good things and not so good things. And here's who I am and, and authentically and, I need your help to build this thing with, with, you know, as a team. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, so important. So there's two things that I want to focus on in the, in the, before uh, we wrap up today, Govan. One of them is I know you've got just some great habits about, you know, how you spend your days, how you spend your mornings. And, and I know you've shared them in the past with, with, with operators and I would love if you could share some of those things that you think would make a difference with our leaders this morning. Yeah. So remember for me, I believe time and focus are the two most important things. And once you figure out the most important things to you, um, and for me, those are the, uh, those, those two things, uh, then you can build structure to support all of those things. Right. So for me, I wake up very early before there are no cell phones. So, so the cell phone sits in a carousel. Um, and then I go up without a cell phone, without an alarm. And I've gotten really good at this. 
I wouldn't recommend this to everybody uh, at the top necessarily, but uh, go to sleep early enough that you can wake up and wake up with intention. Right. And, and so I think of what time I intend to wake up and I don't have an alarm. I haven't had an alarm for many years. And usually that time to wake up is somewhere between 4.30 and 5 in the morning. And I'll just think, oh, I want to wake up and, and I'll tell myself that I need to be up at 5. And miraculously, somewhere around 5 o'clock, I wake up. Um, and it wasn't always like that. And there are some days when I don't. I wake right. up later. Right. And my body's telling me something. So I listen to that. Right. Um, then the first thing I do when I get up is I think great thoughts, read great thoughts, write great thoughts. Think about who I need to be that day. You know, what is, uh, I read this from another, uh, an amazing guy who's on a paper napkin. His name is Brian Kite. And he, he says, when you're thinking about it, think about what is the best version of the future you today, right? So if you see where you want to be, is this, is this day going to move you closer to that person? So I like to think about what that's going to be today. And then uh, put my feet on the ground so that, before I've even hit the ground, I've spent some time on great ideas, great thoughts, great thinking, great actions. Uh, and then I'm active, uh, usually low impact. I'll go for a long walk with the dogs, come back, take care of my family. Uh, all through this point, I have not touched my phone, no technology. Right? My focus is on me first, put the oxygen mask on me first, mm -hmm. then my family second. Um, taking care of my family to get them out, out the door for the morning. And then uh, maybe even drive one or more of the kids to school if, if that's what's happening that day. Uh, and then I uh, get set for my day with work. And, and, and then one of the things that's really important is it's not random. Everything is scheduled, right? So in, in my calendar, there are blocks of time for everything. So the things that are important for me in the upcoming week are blocked off of my calendar. Right. So if I need time for meditation, that's in my calendar. Right. If I need time for, uh, for writing or thinking or reading, it's in my calendar. And I'm not afraid to block those times off in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. uh, so meditation is a big part of my, my daily routine and as is fitness and activity. So the other, the other thing that we go through in companies, uh, the company works on communication rhythms, which are huddles, right? right. So the huddles are also scheduled to happen at particular times every single day. So every one of us are in a team, our teams huddle. And by the time I'm done huddle, I know everything that's happening in the organization that I need to know, yeah. right? Because we focus on what did we accomplish yesterday? So what did my team accomplish yesterday? And from a leadership construct, what do I, what do I plan on accomplishing today and where am I stuck? So if we are able to clear all those roadblocks by 10 o'clock in the morning, we're doing pretty well. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I just, I just, there's another Rockefeller habit that you probably do as well. And I know you taught, um, but it was have a small piece of paper, a post-it note or something like that. And at the end of the day, before you get up from your place of work or before you leave your place of work, if that's a virtual location, if it's a coffee shop, if it's a car, uh, like it was for us when we were painting, yeah. whatever it is, write down the top three things. And, and you used to teach them as A goals, B goals, and C goals. Yeah. But the top three A plus, plus, plus things yeah. that you need to get done that will move you forward. Yeah. You know, move you towards your goal. Do those first. Yes. For sure. Then, then do anything else. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just I just love how how um, you know structured uh, structured your, your your life is with lots of freedom and and sometimes as well uh, you know we resist structure as entrepreneurs but actually structure sets you free and you can just see uh, your your life that all these structures are actually setting you free to be a better father to be a better business leader to 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 to, to be healthier all these different things that are really really again making your life work. Absolutely. I mean, there's no way we could do anything that we're doing mm-hmm. without structure. Yeah. Yeah. So structure does set us free. And I was very resistant of structure. Yes. I was very resistant of schedules for a long time. And it was really to my own detriment. Like I really suffered. I, I added a lot of suffering to my own schedule. Yeah. Uh, to my own, to my health, to my businesses, to my relationships, all of it. Uh, when I was unstructured. Yeah. And, and so, and I, I think especially you take all the assets that you talked about, you know, you, having some attention deficit, all of these things. If we don't, if we don't govern ourselves, we can't lead anybody. Right. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. You, just, you can't. If you can't figure out your own secret sauce, there's no way that you can support anybody else's. Yeah. So know yourself. Yeah. Be disciplined about doing it and recognize that discipline is never easy. Success is never owned. It's rented and the rent is due every day. And it's paid in discipline. That's it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's right? so true. It's so true. Right. Um, so one final question, cause I, 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 you know, again, I could keep doing this for a long time with you. You're just so wise and so, so sharing such great stuff for our leaders, but just one final question today, Govin, um, what, um, uh, if you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? If I think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? Wow, that's a tough question. I, I think um, I, I was talking. I was talking to uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and uh, so one of my really great friends is the top economy writer for National Post, Financial Financial Post, and and we were talking about how you know things like GDP exist as these constructs to measure the economy. And, and I have been on him to educate the world because he, he gets it. He really gets it. He gets that the economy doesn't exist in GBP anymore. There are so many other areas where, the, where, you know, goods and services are not, you know, talking about retail sales, they're not talking about online sales when they talk about retail sales. How, how big of a miss is that? Right. I mean, most, most people are buying retail stuff online, yes. at least in some percentage. So when they say retail sales are up by 1.3%, that doesn't mean anything. It's a meaningless statistic. It doesn't mean anything. So, so I'm, I'm on them all the time. I'm saying, you know, the, like the, the, the world doesn't understand. Canada doesn't understand how powerful its economy is because we're measuring the wrong things. And then he, he recently did a story and the story is fantastic. It tells everything you need to know. Everything, leaders for tomorrow, you see the world in a way that we don't see it. When he was there, he was talking to a games manufacturer, you know, a games developer. And they have a big game. And, he said something about, oh, yeah, we, we sell a bunch of stuff inside the game. We, we, we sell cosmetics. Right. Mine immediately goes, oh, I suppose so. It's kind of weird. You're selling lipstick in the middle of a video game, but it's okay. I, I get it. Right. And it took him a little while because he's saying one word, cosmetics. Right. The CEO of this gaming company. And on the other hand, my, my friend, who is of our vintage, is hearing cosmetics and thinking makeup. Right. That's what I'm thinking. And, <laughs> right? Yeah. But... But it took them a little while to realize they'd said the same word and meant different things. Right. The gaming guy was saying, no, no, no. Cosmetics are like 
t-shirts for your character on your on on our platform. We have hats and stuff like that that you can buy to dress up your character in our game. We call those cosmetics. And he was like, oh, okay, people pay for that? It's like, yes, they do. That's the entire business, <laughs> getting people to pay for these things. And, and so Leaders for Tomorrow, you're going to invent things, ways to look at the world that haven't been seen before mm-hmm. because there are opportunities that just didn't exist. Right? When, 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 when we wanted to get a movie when we were growing up, we would have to go to the video store, rent the VCR because they were so freaking expensive you couldn't own one, and the videotape, and come home and joyously watch the same movie eight times right. because that was the that was your movie night, and and it was a big deal. It was expensive back then, and now, uh, you with the push of a button, you're watching any movie in the world, anywhere in the world, from any device in the world, and I think what's really powerful is. That with that speed of change, with that rate of innovation, that everything is changing for leaders for tomorrow, don't take for granted that the words that you use mean the same thing to the market around you, mm-hmm. like cosmetics didn't here. Right. But learn the opportunity therein so that you can bridge that gap because the people who can translate the future to the present are the ones that are really going to help um, move us forward as a society. They're going to create a tremendous value. And when you make contribution to the world, contribution is rewarded with money. Right. So you know that you're doing well in the world when profit follows. Yes. My friend, I have a great friend that says profit follows contribution. And that is the greatest truth. So understand where the future is going, make it relatable to the present, and you will create value and make contribution. Wow. Wow. Um, well, I think that's just so wise. Uh, you know, uh, leaders, listen to that last piece. Re- re- rewind that podcast. I just, I, you know, and, and re-listen to what, you, what Govin just said. I just, I just, that's just so wise. I'm not going to add anything. It, it, it exists as it, as it does. So, um, so Govin, again, thank you so much. Love you, brother. You know, uh, you, looking Chris. forward to seeing you in January. I know Govin's uh, Govin's going to be up at our our training, working with us, and as he has for you know decade plus. And uh, and your contributions are just so huge for for our team. Love being with you guys. It's yeah, you know, this is where I started, so I'm I'm thrilled to be back. <laughs> it's always great to see you, Chris, and I can't wait to see you when you're back here in Ottawa. And uh, and thanks for listening, everybody. It was a pleasure to be with you today. Okay, take care, Govin. You have a wonderful right, day. Cheers. cheers. You too. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you 
on the other side.